theyeshiva.net. Torah Eir, Maimer Chachlili, Parshas Vayechi, Chachlili Enayim Eyayin. We finished yesterday the first paragraph, we go now to the second paragraph. You see Torah Eir, Parshas Vayechi, Mem Zayin, Column 2, or page 93. V'hinei kol zeu hupchines avas oilam, sh'aimrim avas oilam mahaftanu. Everything we discussed till now, this is all a state of love that we call Ahavas Oilam. And we say this every morning in Davening, at least according to many versions of Davening, Ahavas Oilam, Ahavtanu, Hashem Aleikeinu. Which means, Hashem, you have loved us with eternal love. And Valdal Tereb explained that Ahavas Oilam doesn't only mean eternal, it also means an Ava that comes from the world. Avas Oilam is the love that's born from existence, from my existence, from your existence, from our existence. Just like when it came to Amen Yehei Shmei Rab, literally Amen Yehei Shmei Rab Mevarech La'olam Ula'olmei means that the great name of Hashem should be blessed. La'olam forever. Ula'olmei Almaya for all of eternity, which is, seems redundant because if it's forever, then it's for all of eternity. But nonetheless, we say La'olam Ula'olmei Almaya. But the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, explained that there's also another dimension to that. La'olam doesn't only mean eternity. La'olam means the world. So Yeheshmei Rabba Mavarach La'olam means that the name of Hashem, which is the divine energy that is channeled and restricted and compressed to vivify and animate all of existence should be mevarach, should be expressed, should be manifested. La'olam, ula'olmei almaya, not only in the higher worlds, la'olam also from the world, from the word world, from that la'olam with the meaning of world, ula'olmei almaya, meaning the world's all of the worlds, Baruch Hashem, Elekei Yisrael, Min HaOilam, Va'ad HaOilam, even down into the most lowly physical world where the divine oneness is eclipsed and concealed, there too there should be Baruch, Baruchem Elashon HaMshacha, we should be able to access and experience and be anchored in absolute oneness. So Avas Oilam is the love that comes from the world. He says, on this we say, Avas Oilam Ahavtanu. Pirush, what does this mean? Aftanu. Literally, Aftanu means, you have loved us with Avas Oilam. He says, that's true. But now see the subtlety, the infinite richness. Aftanu means, This is a love that is enclosed, it's manifested, it's expressed within our souls. The soul is capable of serving as a container to limit and to dress, to be a conduit, to be a space in which this love is enclosed. Inside the soul, mamish, the soul can really contain this love. Leo's Toicha Ratzov Avazu. Toicha Ratzov Avaz, paraphrasing a verse in Shir Hashirim. Toicha means her inside, her inner cavity. Ratzov is tiled with love. Like Ritzpa. Ritzpa is a floor, right? When you, so Toicha, her insides, Ratzov is completely plated and tiled with love. That's Avas Oilam Ahaftanu. You have loved us with Avas Oilam. So the Alter Rebbe, the Balatani says, what's Ahaftanu? Aftanu means you have loved us 
in the sense that we can experience this love. Our nefesh, our soul could contain this love. Why? Because since it's avas oilam, it's a love that comes from existence. It's the love to Hashem, which is really the ultimate love of self. What do we mean love of self? The real self, as we explain always in the Maimarim, and we explained yesterday and the day before, the koyach hapoyel benifel, the true self is divine energy. So what does it mean to really love me? To really love me, v'haftas Hashem alekecha, Hashem is alekecha, Hashem is, is, is your God, that's your energy. You are in love with God. If you're in love with life, you're in love with God. Because it's the most natural thing to love. It's the most real thing to love. You're loving your truest, deepest, most real self. You don't want to love your superficiality. You want to, you don't want to love your externalities. What should I fall in love with my suit? That's what I love about me. That's not a good, I mean, you could enjoy your suit to help you like your suit or whatever you're wearing, but it can come instead of a real inner connection with self, a real acceptance of self. And what does acceptance of self come from? That's Avas Hashem. It means accepting Chaviv Adam Shenivra B'Tselem. Rabbi Kiva says about every person, every person, Jew and non-Jew, every human being is beloved because he's created or she's created in God's image. And that's every single Chaviv. Chaviv means beloved, cherished, adorable. There's something very beautiful and inspirational about every single Adam. And if I cannot find inspiration in every person, there's something missing in me because in every person there is godliness. There's a tzalem alakim. Every person is a conduit. Every person is expressing God's light in their own unique way and they make their own indispensable contribution. So if you find somebody boring, <laughs> if you, if I cannot find something inspirational in every person's biography, in every person's life, it's because I have failed to put on the lenses to be able to see the deeper components of a person, the deeper reality of a person. So real self-acceptance, real self-love is really Avas Hashem. Because what am I loving of myself? Just my, I like what my nose looks like, or what my cheeks look like. Even that's a form of Avas Hashem, for real. If you, if you get that, if you understand the Pnimius of it, if you don't get stuck with the Chitzainius. So Avas Hashem, in the terms of Avas Olam, is a love to Hashem that is born from existence. It's really the ultimate passion for life, the zest for life, the passion for existence. I'm in love with life. And what does it mean to be in love with life? To be in love with life means to be in love with the flow of life, the energy of life. What is the energy of life? It's the divine, the divine love. That's what it is. And this Ava is the focus of davening, aligning myself and realizing who I am and what the world is. Not treating myself as just a shmata, as just a worthless, <coughs> valueless sack of meat and potatoes. And even meat and potatoes, I have to treat with dignity. But really, really realizing who the human being is in his or her depth and who, what every creature is in its depth which is divine flow. That's Avas Olam. And this brings me to the deeper space. We spoke about the two stages of Mamala Kalam and Saiv of Kalam, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad, Baruch Shem Kued Malchus Elayim Vod. Because the whole divine energy that vivifies the world is just 
a restricted form of energy that's tailor-made, and then Hashem Himself transcends that. So this is all part of Avas Oilam. This love, the Alter Rebbe says, you could contain. This can come into your soul. Avas Oilam Ahaftanu. You have loved us. This is a love that can be received by us. It can be absorbed by us. It can be experienced by us. Literally, the love can fill the soul. Why can the love fill the soul? Because it's a love that comes from the soul. It's a love that comes from existence, and therefore it can fill existence. It's a love that can fit in and be compressed within the structure of existence because the love is born from existence. The love is born from reality. And because the love is born from reality, therefore reality can contain the love. I think that's the right way to to. to to phrase these words of the Maimer, because the love is born from reality, from the reality that we inhabit, therefore this reality can contain the love. Avel, Averabe, then there's something called Averab. Averab literally means awesome love, abundant love, Rav. The word Rav is great, super great. He, Beshoresh HaNefesh. Avarabba lives in the root of the soul, in the shayrish nefesh in the source of the soul. B'makar chaitzva, in the source from where the soul was literally honed, from where the soul was chiseled. That's where it lives. Avarabba lives in the ultimate source of the soul. The soul can go back to its roots, to its shayrish, to its deepest, deepest origin, in the source from where the soul was molded and crafted. That's where Avarabba lives. The Pesach says in Hazinu, So the way the Alter Rebbe touches it is literally, His people are literally a part of Hashem, and he puts in the word Mamash, just like in Tanya chapter 2. And the Alter Rebbe puts in one word, Mamash. Here too, he puts in that word mamish. Ki chelek Hashem mamish amay. Amay is a chelek hashvaya mamish, a part of Hashem mamish. Vani havaya leishanisi. The prophet says in Malachi, I, God, have not changed. Ksiv. This is what the Pasuk says. What does this really mean? I have not changed. On the most basic level, God says, throughout history, I have not been obliterated, I have not been nullified, it's not like sometimes I'm here, sometimes I'm not here. I'm a constant, like we say in the morning in Davening, in Baruch Shamar, Chai la'ad v'kayam la'netzach. He lives for eternity and he endures forever. But Alter Rebbe says, let's go one step deeper into this Pasuk, Shahu is Baruch la'mayla megeder almen. I have not changed, and its ultimate truth means that Hashem is completely above any realm of existence. There's no comparison. Aroich means comparison. There's no comparison between all of the worlds and Hashem's existence. Even not the metaphor of a drop from the Atlantic Ocean. A drop from the Atlantic Ocean seems to be a very appropriate metaphor for our discussion. Why? You have an Atlantic Ocean. Have you ever been at, you've ever seen the Atlantic? Now, somebody takes one drop of water, right? You take a cup and you fill it up with a drop of water, a few drops of water. You put a drop of water on your finger. You taste a drop of water. What's the comparison between the drop of water and the whole ocean? What is it? So somebody's gonna say, <laughs> 
Imagine somebody fills up even a cup of water, many drops of water, and says, here is the Atlantic Ocean. It would be a mockery. This is the Atlantic Ocean. This is a cup that comes from the Atlantic Ocean. You don't get the largeness. You don't see the vastness. You don't appreciate the depth. What do you know? You know one drop of water. So that's what seemed a very appropriate metaphor when you speak about the creator and creation, that the creation is like one drop of the Okeanos, one drop of the Atlantic Ocean. Says the Balatanya, it's an inappropriate metaphor. Why? Because even though, when you speak about one drop of the Atlantic, it's a minuscule part from thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon myriads and myriads. The Gemara says in Hyrius, I think it was Rabbi Yeshua, I think Dafyud, Rabbi Yeshua said, Yoidani kama tipus, I can estimate how many drops are there in the ocean. <laughs> I can estimate how many drops are there. Why? We all understand, scientifically, theoretically, it's not impossible. Because ultimately, even if the ocean is so vast, it has a limit. And because it has a limit, so therefore, there's the length of the ocean, there's the breadth of the ocean, there's the depth of the ocean. So if you tell me the size of one drop of water or ten drops of water, we multiply it appropriately, and theoretically, this great sage says, I can figure out how many drops there are in the ocean. But that tells you, says the Alter Rebbe, that it's not an appropriate metaphor. That even though you're dealing with a minuscule part of myriads upon myriads upon myriads upon myriads, myriad is 10,000. And here he says, Alfei Allah from Vinibri which is of course paraphrased from where? From Nishmas, which we say on Shabbos. Nonetheless, there is a comparison and there's a yichis. There's a relationship between the one drop of the Atlantic and the entire ocean because they're similar. The drop of ocean, the drop of water, of course, is only one drop. So in quality, in quantity, it's something that's comparable, completely non-comparable. But in terms of quality, in terms of the mahus, there is some erech. In fact, you could learn about water. You could learn certain properties of the Atlantic Ocean from this drop of water. You won't know everything. You certainly won't know about the size. You certainly won't know about the majesty. You certainly won't know about the danger. You certainly won't know about so many other aspects of the Atlantic Ocean. But you will know. You will. There's plenty of what to know. There's plenty that you will find out through this drop of water. Because the mohus of the tipe, the chemistry of this drop, is water. It's made up of water and and molecules of water. H2O, as we say, the molecules of water, just like the Hayama Gadol Mamash. In that sense, this water reflects every other aspect of the ocean. So yes, a drop of the Kionis is a very, very little part of it. But, but there's, there's something I could learn about the Atlantic through the drop of water, because ultimately in Mohus Der That's why, says the Balatanya, this is not a good metaphor. Mashenkin, they love his when we speak about the world and Hashem, Ein the whole evolution of divine energy from higher to lower until it assumes the physical incarnation of the world, it's not only a tipim and ayam, 
a drop from the ocean. That doesn't capture it. A drop of the ocean still reflects the ocean, even if in a very minuscule way. Here, Ani Hashem Nisi, I Hashem have not changed, means that divinity, Alakus, in its pure form, is completely transcendent in the sense that there's no way that it's captured by any definition or by any description, even by the description of a drop of the Atlantic. The love that comes from this space is not enclosed inside the soul. It can't be. The soul can't contain this love. There's the Avas Hashem, the Avarabba that comes from this place of Hashem. Because Chelek Hashem Mamish Amai, in the core of the soul, the person is rooted and originates and connected and one with Hashem in his infinite essence. And that relationship, that affection, though, can be experienced within the soul. Avas Oilam, which is the love of Hashem, post Simtsum, which is the love of Hashem. The way Hashem is defined by existence, the way Hashem defines himself as the creator. I love my creator. And that's the ultimate love of life. It's a love of the world and it's a deep love of self and of the other. The Pasuk says, love your fellow like yourself because I'm God and we're all part of that oneness. That love I can experience with my soul. Why can I experience my soul? It lives in the soul. The soul can inhabit that love. As he says. Because this is a love that's taken from reality and from existence. And therefore existence has space for this love. But what about the Ava that a Jew has that is rooted in Hashem's essence, which transcends existence infinitely? And when I say transcendent existence, he says, I don't mean like a drop from the Atlantic Ocean. I mean that it's completely in a different realm. In fact, you can't even use the word realm. It's not, it's not about realm. Ani Hashem All of creation, in all of its majesty, in all of its infinity, in all of its spirituality, even if you go to the highest, highest, highest state of consciousness of creation, that is all already the way the divine energy is articulated in some form or fashion. But Hashem himself, Atzmus himself, it's completely not defined by it. And yet, we are rooted there. And because we are rooted there, there is that love that is born and exists in that relationship. He says, this is called Avarab. This, the nefesh can't contain. I can't experience it. Or to put it differently, the Avas Oilam is a love that feeds the eye. I could say, I love. Avas Oilam Ahafti. Right? What's, what's the expression? Avas Oilam Ahaftanu. Avas Oilam basically says, Amcha Hafta. I could say, I love you. The eye can exist with the love. In fact, the love comes from the real eye. When I really, really know who I am, I love you. That's what I love you means. When I get in touch with my eye, I love you. So there is love in that eye. That love allows for the eye to exist. Eye is in capital I. But in Averabba, that love doesn't allow for the eye to exist. That love is rooted in infinite transcendence of Hashem's essence that transcends every world, even the highest world, infinitely. And again, it's not even a drop of the ocean that it somehow reflects it. This is Ani Hashem Lo'i Shanisi.
But that love exists. Because Chelek Hashem Mamish Amma, he says that love exists in the source of the soul. This love can't be contained by the eye. The eye can't contain the love because this love completely transcends any experience of eye. He says, The soul can't contain it. That would limit it. It just can't. That's why we said this love is concealed. And this comes out in the words of Ahavtas Hashem Alakecha. There's Bechal Avavcha, there's Bechal Nafshecha, and there's Bechal Maidecha. The word Maid means excessive, very, like Toiv Maid is very, very good. Toiv Aritz Maid, Maid, very. Bechal Maidecha means with your veriness. I probably made up a word. With all your veriness, with all your Maid. Ma'id is that which transcends the comfort zone. It transcends the limitations. There's the love that fills my entire heart. Like you said earlier in the Maimer, with both the Yitzhah the Yitzhah. There's Bechal Nafshecha. It fills my soul. But it's in my soul. That's all Avas Oilam. And then there's Bechal Ma'idecha. This is a very Avarab. That's why I said in the beginning of the Maimer that Avas Oilam can be revealed. Avas Oilam is concealed. What does it mean concealed? By definition it's concealed. Concealed here doesn't mean that it's concealed because you don't have it. And revealed doesn't mean because you have it. Avas Oilam I also have to work on. But Avas Oilam is something that I can have access to. I can remain intact with it. Avarabba is a love that exists by definition in the core of the soul that transcends consciousness because consciousness already doesn't capture the depth of this love because consciousness is already the way the divinity is channeled and harnessed and restricted and compressed and limited within a finite structure channel even if it's the spiritual channel called consciousness. So therefore, consciousness can't experience that love. We call it avamesuteris. It's completely concealed. It's called bechol ma'idecha, but it exists. But it doesn't exist in the realm that we can call existence, because our definition of existence is impoverished by our vocabulary and our conceptualized self of existence. So in our conceptualized self, this avarabba can't exist because. This can't, Avarabba can't be accessed because the Avarabba is the relationship and the affection that the soul has in its ultimate core and source, that it's mamish part of Hashem himself, part of divinity itself, which transcends any experience of consciousness. So now you might ask a simple question, so what do I gain from it? So you're telling me that I should believe that there's something called Avarabba. What, what does this mean practically? What's the relevance of this? So he says, ooh, there's great relevance. The difference between Avas Oilam and Avarab is, Ki Avas Oilam Haba Machmas is Bayrin Uzvaymik Machshafta, Yeshla Hefsik. Avas Oilam is born from your understanding, from your meditation. It's born from the depth of your thoughts. Yeshla Hefsik, it can be interrupted. Sheim Levav, Epoinaladvarim Acherim. If your heart turns away to other items, you become stressed and overwhelmed in your thought process with various matters of life and of the world. Then the Avas Oilam will dissipate and leave you. Avas Oilam very much depends on your state of being, where your brain is, where your head is. Because Avas Oilam is based on your awareness it's based on how much your awareness is aligned with truth. 
there's moments that my awareness is aligned. Those are the better moments. But then there's moments I freak out, I'm overwhelmed, I'm anxious, I'm stressed, I'm scared, I'm tempted by all types of things, I'm exhausted, yeah, I have mood swings, whatever it is. And I get pulled down, my awareness gets pulled down. Avas Oilam is the dveikus that comes from awareness. The Baal Shem Tov says, I am where my thoughts are. So he says, as long as my thoughts are in that place, I'm in a state of Avas Oilam, I'm anchored in oneness. But we all know, life is a pendulum and we swing. And therefore, this type of love gets interrupted and it ceases to flow. Because my mind space has changed. My mental space has changed. My heart is not there. My mind is not there. And now, I maybe something triggered me. Maybe I'm exhausted. Maybe I saw something that tempted me. And what happens to this Ava? I'm not in that place of awareness anymore. And he says, This experience of love, even though it was so intense, but now it's gone. This can only happen in Avas Oilam. This can never happen in Avarab. But the Avarab that lives in the source of the soul, in the stem of the soul, in the root of the soul, and that's the key, Avas Oilam lives in the space of the consciousness of the soul. But Avarab, which lives in the core of the soul, in the DNA of the soul, so to speak, in the jinnam of the soul, the DNA of the soul, there's this Averab, there's this absolute, infinite, transcendent relationship of love between the soul and Hashem, which cannot be contained within the vocabulary of consciousness because it's rooted and connected to the essence of the divine which transcends consciousness and created consciousness and is completely above it. So the vocabulary of Averab is a very different vocabulary. In fact, it transcends vocabulary. He says that's true. But because of that, this love never ceases to flow. This love could never be interrupted. There's nothing that can happen in your consciousness that interrupts this flow of love. The Avas Oilam is a love that's born from consciousness. It's born from awareness. It's born from awareness of awareness. When I'm aware of the consciousness of existence, and when I'm, when I'm aware of my deeper layers of I, when I could observe and see who I really am and what the world is, and see the there's a deep, deep love that is born. People who are involved with this type of work on a daily basis, in fact, describe this. It even exists, people who are very much involved in deep spiritual exercises of self-exploration in a spiritually appropriate way, exercises of mindfulness, various meditations, will describe that as they peel away the layers and they get more in touch with the eye and the eye observes the thoughts, the eye observes the emotions, the eye observes the sensations, the eye observes the body and the mind and the experiences and the anger and the discomfort and the traumas and the scars and the wounds and the insecurities and the fears. But I can go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper until I can experience a oneness and a very deep love. There's very, very deep love. 
That's a description. I've heard this from people. I'm talking about serious people. Avas Olam. And that's all based on awareness. It's really based on awareness. It comes from awareness. The awareness of the superficiality versus the truth. And when I can observe that, I can observe my own reality and realize that the eye that is observing it transcends it. And it goes deeper and deeper. That awareness ultimately allows for a very, very deep love. But as the Alter Rebbe says, my awareness changes, I go into a different mind, state of mind, and the Ava ceases. But then there's the Ava Rabbah that's in the source of the soul. It's in the Sheyrish HaNefesh, Makar Chaitzva. Here he says, there's nothing you can do to interrupt it. It's not born from awareness. Hence, awareness doesn't make it and doesn't break it. Avas Oilam, he says, comes from his Bainanus. That's what he says before. His Bainanus va'emek machshavta. So my machshavas change. The Ava changes. Not Ava Rabbah. Shagamim levavoy pinaladvaramacheda. Even if your heart turns away to other matters which seem to undermine the love and the relationship. It's our incredible words. There's no in this love. Usually we have a principle, the Pasuk says in Kahelis in Ecclesiastes, Hashem made everything in the world, which means every force in holiness has a counterforce in the antithesis of holiness. Every love, every genuine love, has a counterforce that undermines that love. An addiction or temptation which competes with that love, at least superficially. Everything in the world has the real version of it and the fake version of it. Right? Everything. That's how it is. There's the real version of it, and then there's the fake version of it. There's the one who mimics it, the one who replicates it. There's happiness, and there's perceived happiness. There's connection and there's addiction. There are friends and there are acquaintances. There is love and there's validation. It's very different. Very different when I'm experiencing your love or when I'm getting validation from you. One is real, one is external. One endures, one I have to renew every single moment because I had attention yesterday, I need attention today, I have attention now, I need attention in an hour. That's why celebrities... They go to concerts or they go to major events. They can have hundreds of thousands of people hollering and cheering for them. They're receiving so much validation. A few hours later, they're in their hotel room depressed. I don't understand. Why couldn't you take the standing ovation with you to the hotel room and let it sustain you for a couple of weeks, a couple of months? What do you have to go to destructive substances to give you a meaning? The answer is because whenever your self-acceptance is based on validation. It only lasts for the moment you're receiving the validation. 20 minutes later, you're in the abyss because it's not real. There's a bottomless pit there. And therefore, as you pour the wine in a cup, the cup has a hole, it goes right out. So there's a very big difference between the real thing and the fake thing. Zelo umazem means everything in this world exists on two dimensions, in the level of Kedusha and in the level of not Kedusha, Klippa. And they compete with each other. And this is true everything. And you have to choose between the two. And every force in holiness, every reality has a counterpart, 
Okay, it's counterbalanced. It's like a chess game. You have one team and you have another team. And everyone has the same pieces. I have a king and I have a queen and I have a knight and I have the castle and I have the bishop and I have the pawn. And you have these. We have the black pieces, the white pieces or whatever the color is and we fight with each other. That's basically the the game of life. It's a game of chess. And the question is, which pawn are you going to embrace? Which knight are you going to embrace? Which king are you going to embrace? Which queen are you going to embrace? This is what Pchir is based on, what choice is based on. Says the Balatanya, this is true in Avas Oilam. In Avas Oilam, there's a Zel Umaza. The love of God in Avas Oilam can be interrupted by the anxiety and the perceived temptation of other things in the world, and it takes me away from the place of Avas Oilam into a place of fragmentation. The stress, the anxiety, the fear, the temptation, the addiction, the void, the sadness, the lack of ability to be honest with myself, the lack of vulnerability, whatever it is, survival skills that I have developed, it takes me away from the Avas Oilam and it puts me into a Zelom, it replaces it. It says, now there's something more important for you to think about than to think about Hashem's reality, Hashem's all-pervasive reality. There's a bill to focus on, there's this to be stressed out about, there's this to get excited about, there's a piece of cheesecake that just arrived, there's a piece of ice cream that's in the freezer, whatever it is. You can get validation, you can get money, you can get covered, you have this taiva. These are all the lo'umazeh that become pseudo replacements for Avas Oilam. They will not satisfy you in the long run. As I said, they're only temporary. But there's competition. <laughs> it's called competition. But Avarabah has no competition. Because Avarabah doesn't exist in a realm where there is competition. Avas Oilam is the love to the self, the love of God, the love of the world that exists within the realm of consciousness and awareness. And therefore, there's different types of awareness. There's awareness that is controlled by my superficial self. But Averabi he says, there's no Zelo Umazah. There's no Zelo Umazah Averabi, because Averabi is rooted in the core of Hashem that transcends creation. It transcends polarities. Transcends the competitions of existence. It transcends Taiva Ra. And it comes from the place of Ani Hashem Loishanisi. So he says in Averabi, there's no Zelo Umazah. There's nothing that could compete with this love, Lahatrida, to overwhelm it, Ulahafsika, and to make it cease. Avas Oilam can seize because your consciousness can go into a different space. It doesn't mean it seizes, it's obliterated. You can go back to the Avas Oilam. But Averabe, that flow never ever ceases. There's nothing that can take you away. You say, but I'm stressed, but I'm anxious. Your stress and anxiety can't compete with the Averabe. Because the Averabe wasn't rooted in consciousness, it wasn't rooted in awareness, it wasn't rooted in a certain mood. The Averabe is rooted in the deepest, deepest quintessential dimension of the soul that transcends the vocabulary of words, the vocabulary of thought, the vocabulary of meditation, the vocabulary of consciousness and experience. It's rooted in not the Atlantic Ocean. The Atlantic Ocean is the vastness of consciousness versus the drop of water, which is one trickle of consciousness. The Atlantic Ocean is like your subconscious, and the drop of the Atlantic is like the trickle of subconsciousness that goes into you. That's all the God in a higher space and a lower space. God is the Atlantic Ocean would be the source of energy, and the drop is that source of energy that comes into you. That's wonderful. Here we're not talking about that. We're talking about that which transcends the ocean altogether. If it transcends all the ocean altogether, then it can never drown. 
It can never be submerged. It can never be obliterated. It can't even be concealed. Concealment, you could say about something that can be revealed. Something that can be revealed can also be concealed. Something that can't be revealed can't be concealed either because it's not in the realm of concealment or revelation. Think about what I just said. And therefore this love will always remain. A residue of it will always remain. Its memory will be etched in the heart and will never ever falter. In other words, this Ava, Ava Rabba, you can always rely on. You can always trust. Even if you feel emotionally you're in the gutter. Even if you feel that you're in the abyss. Practically speaking, sometimes you go into a space where you're so angry, you're so overwhelmed, your trauma is triggered, or your scars and wounds are triggered, and there's no way you can experience the love of Avas Eilam. Says the Alter Rebbe, you could still trust that the Aver Rabbe is flowing in its full intensity, because that wellspring will never ever dry up. That source of joy, that source of love, could never dry up. There's nothing that you can do in your conscious self that will convince that love to stop vibrating in your psyche. Nothing. Therefore, it's always there. It's always waiting for you. And it's a very real part of the person. When I say I can't articulate it and I can't reduce it to consciousness, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It means its existence is in a state that transcends the word existence and therefore non-existence doesn't apply to it. When we say that this love can't be articulated within the realm of existence, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. This is very important. It means that it exists in such a profound way that transcends the definition of existence and therefore non-existence doesn't apply to it because it's not in that realm. But that Ava is very, very real part of me. It's at the core of my soul. It's at the core of my reality. It's at the core of my identity, which is aligned with Ein Sof, which is aligned with infinity. And therefore, that love, I cannot contain it within myself because it transcends my very self. My very self is like the drop from the Atlantic, and this is even beyond the Atlantic. So I cannot contain it. It contains me. It's very different. Very different. Avas Olam, I contain. Avarabah contains me. I am inside of it. <laughs> but that love is so much bigger than me. So this is something I always have to know. You know, sometimes you're in a relationship, you're working on yourself, and in the state of Avas Olam, there's the love that comes from, from, uh, if you want to use, uh, if you want to, you want to use uh, psychological psychological terminology. There's the love that comes from removing the layers and removing the debris. There's cognitive CBT, for example, cognitive behavioral therapy, talking through issues, analyzing them, understanding processes, understanding motives, understanding how things developed, and all of the various forms of therapy in the world of psychology that help a person remove the toxicity, remove the cover-ups, and discuss, get get beyond the secondary emotions and, and go to the deeper places where you're going to find a lot of love. You'll find love to others. You'll find your yearning for love, your need for love, and your need to be loved, your attachment. But then sometimes I go into a place where none of this can happen. I'm just triggered. You know when you're triggered? 
and, and, and you start talking to yourself, but it doesn't help. You're so overwhelmed. You're so anxious. Nothing helps. This, this is happening today a lot to people. Yes, I'll, at a later state, maybe I could talk about it, maybe I can figure it out, but now I am just, I'm just overwhelmed. And it's a very, very difficult place to be in because you really want to just give in. You, you want to surrender. You throw in the towel. You know, you raise the white flag. Surrender to mediocrity. So the Alter Rebbe tells you, at this moment, you have to know the Averab is there. The Averab doesn't, doesn't, doesn't get in the spall from your moods. <laughs> the Hest, the Averab doesn't get in the spall from your moods. <laughs> it's fine. You could, you could be, you could have whatever you experience in the Averab is always there. Because it's not defined. It's not defined by you. So therefore you can't ruin it. You didn't make it, you won't destroy it. Your mindset is not what facilitated it, so your mindset won't interrupt it. The flow is there, and therefore it, there's always a rishimu. There's always a rishimu. Yes, there's different states of how much a person is in touch with it. How much am I in touch with this Avarab, with this infinite love of Bechal Maidecha? It's a mitzvah. When he says it's concealed, doesn't mean you can't be in touch with it. Even when you're in touch with it, it's concealed. It's a type of love that is essentially concealed. This is very deep stuff. This is a type of love that is essentially concealed. Concealed doesn't mean you don't have it, you don't have access to it. When it's revealed in you, it's beyond definitions, it's beyond descriptions, but it's there. The Neshama experiences it, and it always experiences it. Even when you're in a state and you haven't experienced it for a while, he says, don't worry, it's residue, it's very, very much there. How does one begin to access this? How does one begin to live with this Averab? To discover it? To rise to the state of Bechal Maidecha? Here we come to the drinking of wine. When wine comes in, secrets come out. What's the side? The side is the Averab. What's Yayin? What's drinking wine? This is the Torah that is defined as wine commandment. The Pasuk says, Your love is greater than wine. So Chazal say, the words of the scribes are more sweet than Yena Shal than the wine of Taita. But what do we see from here? We see from here that Taita is called Yayin. So Nichnas Yayin, when the wine of Taita comes in, Yatsasaid, the secrets come out. And Al Tureb explains, Kiala Ava Nemar Vayara Lakimas Arikitoiv Amrurazal Kitoiv Lignas Bataina. When it comes to this type of love, this is what the Taita alludes to. What the Taita says in the beginning of Bereshis. Vayar Elikim Hashem created light, and then it says Vayar Hashem Vayar Elikim Esarikitayv. Hashem saw that the the light was good, and he separated between light and between darkness. And the Chazal ask, what what type of light was this? Because on Wednesday he created the sun and he created the moon, so this is another type of light. And what does it mean? He saw the light was good and he separated it from darkness. How do you separate light from, light from darkness? So Chazal explained, Hashem saw that this light is so good, it's so intense, 
It has to be separated. It has to be hidden. So the Gemara says in Chagiga, it's good to be hidden away. Where was it? Where was it, where was it hidden? So the Dagel Machin Ephraim brings from his grandson the Balshemtiv. It was hidden in Torah. Chazal tells us it was hidden in Torah. So the Balshemtiv used to say, "If you know how to learn Torah, you have access to that Eir. That Eir, it says, that light allowed you to see from one end of the world to the other end of the world." But with this oil, you could see me It's not this sunlight that we have, we're privy to, which is great blessing, and it allows me to see some distance away. This is a type of inner light that allows me to see from one end of the world to the other end of the world. I was once listening to somebody who was describing a near-death experience. They, this person was already declared dead in the hospital, completely comatose state. The doctors did not give him hope. But he came back. It was a unique, something, a unique situation. The man survived. And he described so a very interesting experience, which suits very much what we're discussing. And that is, he describes how he felt his soul leaving his body. And the soul could see everything in the world. Everything. Every person, every space, every region. It was completely not eclipsed by the limits of vision that we have presently because of our physical eyes. It was not even eclipsed by buildings. You know, usually, even if my eyesight is incredible, but if there's a building in front of me, I can't see through the building. But here, there was nothing physical that can block. Not a structure, not a building, not distance. In other words, it's a type of light that perceives the underlying reality of everything. That air was hidden in Torah. Now, you have to know how to open the Torah. But the Baal there's a story that somebody once came to the Balshemtiv about some something they got they they lost they were searching for, and he opened up Chumash and he told them where it was, and he said later because that oil with which you could see throughout the whole world was hidden in Torah, so therefore when you open up a Torah he could see that light he has access to that oil and then he could see. Now this of course means that you have to be in touch with the true light that's embedded in Torah. I could open up a Torah and read it from today till tomorrow. But it means that the Torah is an expression of that light. But it also means something else. How do you know that you're sitting at a class of Torah? How do you know that you're listening to real Torah? How do you know that you're learning real Torah? If it's giving you access to this light. If it's giving you access to the light that pervades the whole world from one end of the world to the other end of the world. When you have access to this light... When you're, when you're in touch with this light, at least on some level, even a minuscule, minuscule experience, but it's a light that pervades all of reality, that's the light of Torah. That's the, now you know that you came in contact with the light of Torah. When a Jew takes in the yai in the real yai in the wine of Torah, Yatsasoy, the Gemara says in Erevin, the secrets come out, like we learned in the beginning of the Maimer, the Gemara says, Nichnas Yanyat, which secrets? Averabe. Avas Oilam is not called a secret. Avas Oilam is called a revealed lava. But Averabe, even if you're feeling it completely, it's by definition a secret. It's by definition something that we can't articulate because even my feelings can't articulate it. It contains me. I don't contain it. It contains my feelings. My feelings don't contain it. So therefore it's a secret. 
What allows that secret to emerge in my life? That's the, that's Taita. When a person lives with Taita, learns Taita, internalizes Taita, I'm not talking just data, dry data, dry information. That's also wonderful. But I'm talking about when a person really tunes into the inner divine flow of Taita. That's where the Ur is. That's where this, what's the Ur? Ur is the Ava. Vahafta is Begematria twice Ur, the Baal Shem Tev said. You know that, right? Vahafta, Reb Aaron, you know, Begematria twice Ur. Because there's the Ur, you have the Vahafta, the Avas Oilam, you have the Avarabah, we'll soon see. So therefore, Vahafta is the two levels of love. This Ur, the Ur, there's the light that's more defined, the light that we can see, the light that's not hidden. There's still sunset, there's darkness, that's the Avas Oilam, it can go on, it can go off. But then there's the light that never ceases to flow. But the problem is this light is, not the problem, this light is transcendent. Transcends definition, it transcends experience. It's Essentially it's a secret. Even if it comes out, it's a secret. By definition it's a secret. It's something that's intimate. It's something that you can't articulate. Because once you articulate it, you, you don't capture it. You just, you, you compromise it, you dilute it. You dilute its integrity. This is what you need the yayin for. The yayin, a Jew who's immersed in Torah, a Jew who breathes Torah and nichnes yayin, Yatzasayit can live with this avarabba. This ava that's always there, it's rooted in the root of your soul. You can't get rid of the roots. But it's underground. B'shayr, like the sharashim of a tree, it's underground. So this ava that's rooted in the shayrish nafsha, b'chal ma'idecha, this is what comes out through Torah. And this is the Pasuk, says, Now I have to tell you, we say every day a Pasuk in Ashrei, we say it a few times a day, three times a day. In Ashrei, right? Tehillim chapter 145. Where there's even a halachin, the can tell us that this is one of the, this is the most important Pasuk in Pesukah de Zimre. And you have to stop and pay it special attention and have kavana during this Pasuk. What's the meaning of the Pasuk? You open your hand, you open your hand, and you satiate every single living creature. You satiate it with its desires. You satiate it according to its desires. According to its needs and yearnings. Here the Alter Rebbe is going to reveal a whole new dimension to this Pasuk. And let's see what he says. This is what it means. He op- You open your hands. Yudecha, Yadecha can also be read as Yudecha. Your Yuds. Right? Yadecha can also be Yudecha. Remember, there's no Nekudus in the original uh, ta- scroll of the Tanakh. We have printed ones with Nekudus. With vowels. Like every word you could read Yadecha, you could read Yudecha. You open your Yuds, your letter Yud. What is a Yud? The Yud is the smallest letter of the alphabet. And it represents a seminal point. In Kabbalistic and Hasidic literature, there's a huge, there's an enormous, there's a great focus on describing the Yud, which is the first letter of Hashem's name. And it explains that because Hashem's light is infinite, so for infinity to be channeled, to become a source for finite existence, it must go through many, many levels of restrictions in order to be harnessed, in order to be diluted, it needed to be mitigated, it needed to be compressed, in order to be condensed, in order to shrink, to be able to become 
a reality and an energy that is suitable to bring existence to a defined creation. Whether it's spiritual creation or physical creation. That's why the beginning of existence is the Yud, which is the Kaya Chatzimtzum. The ability of Hashem's infinite light to shrink, to condense itself, to limit itself within the Yud. Says the Altar, what's Paiseya Chesyadecha? You open the Yud. You expand the horizons of the Yud. This is very, very emotional. You expand the Yud. What does it mean you expand the Yud? The Yud represents all the tzimtzumim, the many, many restrictions, the many layers of condensement, of limitation, that come from Ein Soif to allow for the evolution of levels, from cause to effect, and the effect becomes a cause for the next effect, which becomes a cause for the next effect. The apple tree comes from the seed of the apple tree. The antecedent of that seed was an apple from a previous tree which came from a previous seed, which came from a previous seed, all the way back to the original apple tree, original apple seed. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? We'll figure that out another time. That's called ilava Allah, spiritually too. The whole existence works causes and effects, causes and effects, causes and effects, in science, in chemistry, in physics, and also in spiritual physics. That whole evolution of levels from higher to lower to lower to lower, that all begins with yuds, which is symptom. These tzimtzum from from Ein Saif, in order to be the to be to allow for the evolution of all the worlds and the source of the creation of all the worlds from nothing to something comes from Hashem's will. Hashem's inner will. He desired for there to be a world. So at the core of everything is God's Ratzin. His will, his desire, which transcends creation, because that is what prompted and compelled the whole process of creation. So the Ratzon precedes the Tzimtzum, because the Tzimtzum came as a result of the Ratzon. Through Torah, which is Hashem's will and Hashem's wisdom, Hashem allows us to open up the Yuds and open up and undo the tzimtzum, expand the horizons of tzimtzum, unravel, unravel all the energy that is compressed in the yud, because even within the finite yud, you have everything. It's just concealed, it's just compressed, it's just restricted. It's condensed in that yud, like we learned in the famous Maim of Yadaita Moskva. You remember from the Rebbe Rashab, Tafrish and Zion, we learned it a while ago, how when the teacher teaches the student, in that brief statement, you have everything. But it may take the student 40 years in order to unravel the wisdom of his teacher, but it's all there in the Yud. Through Torah, which is Hashem's Ratzin, we have the ability to unravel the Yud and to be able to get in touch with the Ratzin. Hashem satiates every living being. In every state of life and energy that extends throughout all the worlds from the highest levels to the lowest levels, He satiates every chai, every level of chius, which is basically a condensed version of godliness. 
he satiates every chai with access to the rotsen, she yeshayru mizgala bemchines rotsen alim baruchu, that they should be able to experience the rotsen of Hashem v'nimshech l'nefesh adam gamken. And it also communicates. It's also communicating the person's soul. She yeshayru mizgala alim shoy, that the person should be able to come in contact with his or her own inner, inner rotsen alim. With your own rotsen, with your own highest and deepest will, which is aligned with Hashem's rotsen. This is the Ava Rabba that is rooted in the source of your soul above. But what do we mean above? Even though I may not feel that I have it, but in the root of my nefesh, which is Lamaila, this Ava exists. Beyond what the soul could contain within its parameters, as we explained, this Ava can also come out in a revealed state. Because this Ratzana Elyon has now a place where it can be expressed in your soul. It came out in the garments of your soul, in your words and your actions. Through the words of Torah, the words of learning Torah and That's why the Gemara says that. The Gemara says in Masech Shabbos Lamed Aleph that when a person comes up after 120, 180 years, what's the question they ask you? Kavata itim l'tayra. Did you create times to learn Torah? Why shaydeze yoyded asa'ava mulmaila b'shaydesh nafshay she'ena mislabeshes b'shum keliyu amayla mamaster? Because this is what allows you to arouse. This is what arouses your love, the love that always exists in the source and in the root of your soul. That love that is essentially above you, it contains the you, the you doesn't contain it. That love will never be enclosed or harnessed or contained or limited by any vessel. Because every vessel will conceal it, no vessel could contain it. There's no comparison or copy of this love in the other side, in the opposite of holiness. You could experience a fake version of Avas Oilam. You can't experience a fake version of Avarab. If it's not the real Avarab, it's not. There's no Zelo Umazah, there's no fake Avarab. The ain lehefsek, and therefore it can't be interrupted. Even if you're involved in many other things, this love is forever etched in your heart. That's what it says in Shema Yisrael. What's bechol ma'idech? What's bechol ma'idech? Bechol avavcha is avas olam. Bechol ma'idech is avarab. What's right after that? This allows you to access the Bechol Maidecha, the Arkitoiv. I think this also gives an extraordinary explanation. Why is it that if I didn't have Kavana by Pesech, Yedecha, Masbil, Lechal, Chayratzin, it says in Allah, I have to repeat the Pasuk. This Pasuk is like the essence of Sukkotism. Now it's a beautiful Pasuk. God, you open your hands and you satiate every living creature according to its desires. But there's other tremendous powerful Pasukim of Sukkotism. This is the Pasuk and I have to have Kavana. But here we understand that this Pasuk really captures one of the most fundamental components of Yiddishkeit, the way it's articulated in the territory of the Balatanya. We all live in the world of post-Simpsom. We live in a world of restricted consciousness. This is even without trauma. Existence is trauma. Symptom is trauma. You remember we learned the Maimur Tiku, look at the Torah Tiku Shoifer. Existence equals trauma. Symptom. Avoid darkness. 
That is trauma. A create, a, 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 a empty space in a person's life that comes from existence. Doesn't come not from your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your community, your wounds, yourself. This comes, doesn't come from President Trump, doesn't come from President, President-elect Biden. This comes from the essence of existence. To face existence means to face the trauma of existence. This is one of the foundational powerful points of the Balatanya in many Mamar. It's to face the trauma of existence, which is tzimtzum. There's a void, there's a restricted flow of consciousness that's articulated in the Yud. And it begins within our own, with our own challenge. How much access do you have to your core? And what's your core? He says your ruts and your desire. How much access do you have to it? Can you have access? This is the meaning of this Pesach. Hashem allows me every day to open my yuds, to unravel the layers within myself, the layers that eclipse the true flow of your rutzen at the core of my soul. Pesach. You allow us to open up, to unravel all the yuds. Umasbiya l'cholchai rutzen. I have to say that when I saw his interpretation on the word l'cholchai, you know when you know how you know something is true when it resonates on every level. When you see that every word is an expression of the infinity. What's lechol chai? Could it say basbia lechol nivra lechol yitzur lechol adam? Could have said a lot of expressions. Lechol chai doesn't only mean every living organism. Lechol chai means every level of chius. Every state of chius is based on symptoms. What's chius? Chius is the way divine energy becomes my life source. If it's my life source, it has to be condensed in order for it to serve as my life source. The chiddush here in this pasuk is peseach as dechol masbia lechol Hashem could satiate every chai, get every level of chius in touch with this source, with the rotzen, with his own rotzen, which is ultimately your deepest rotzen. Because rotzen is at the core of everything. Rotzen is the source of existence. Kabbalah is called keser, the crown over chachma. It's beyond the consciousness, the real deep rotzen. That's where your averabba is rooted in. Your averabba is rooted in God's rotzen. It's your deepest, deepest will. And it's concealed, it's the side, it's the secret. You don't contain it, it contains you. It's beyond your conception of you. That's what the Averab is. Do we have access to it? Do we have access to my deepest ruts? And that's the Pasuk. And that's maybe the core of Pesukah Zimra. That ability, that empowerment of a person to be able to live with complete alignment, with complete dvekas, is the source of all healing. It's the source of individual healing, of collective healing, of world healing. That's what redemption is about. Alignment. The external and the internal become unified and there's a seamless flow. And that's the power, that's really what it means to live with Torah and mitzvahs, he says. Kavati itim When I can get to the pnimius of Torah, the pnimius of mitzvahs, what is it there to do? It's there to get me in touch with this Avarabah. When you're here, when you're hearing real Torah, the Torah speaks to the level of Averabba, to the Ratzin in the depth of your soul. If not, I'm not in touch with the wine of the Torah. Maybe I'm in touch only with the externalities of the Torah, which is also amazing. But the Yenushal Torah, this brings you to the side, to your own secrets. What's your own secrets? Your own Ratzin. That's Pesei Chesyedecha, Umazbiya Lechal Chai Ratzin. So, we're going to take a break now. We're going to continue tomorrow morning, Friday morning. Please note, 7.30 a.m. 
we are going to continue Bli Neder, the Maimer. So please join us tomorrow morning. Question number one. There is so much talk about negative and positive this year. What has negative and positive? A battery. What has to be done to a battery? Charge up. And if you look on a regular phone, the letters for charge up are the same as Hasidus. So just like the negative and positive virus tests are everywhere in the world, so is Hasidus. It's time for Mashiach to come now. Amen. How is it that one has Ahava Takua in his heart, Ava if he is turning to other matters, Iskei Ha'olam? Now he's not connected to the Teda, and he ends of the paragraph that it leads to V'dibar Tabam. He is now doing the opposite of V'dibar Tabam. Efshir al-derech ha'er shabah ha'amoyer shabah machzirei l'motiv. What the Alter Rebbe is saying is that even when my heart goes to other places, it can't affect the Ahava. Just like my refinement, I can't be a keli for the Ahava, I also can't become a non-keli for the Ava. Listen to me. Just like I can't be a keli for the Ava, I also can't become a non-keli for the Ava. Because the Ava, by definition, transcends me. So therefore, you can always resort to this place. You always have it. You never have to doubt it. It always exists there, waiting for you. The Alter Rebbe says, but how does one live with this state of state of reality, state of connection, this is Teira. A life of Teira, Teira, Nichnas, Yayin, Yatzasoid, this is what Teira does to a person. And therefore he says, when a person experiences, what's the result? You have to make sure to stay in the state of because this helps this Ava come out. And that's why they ask you, that's what, that's the meaning here. We learned a Maimer, from the Balatanya, that Shema is Ave Rabbah as opposed to Avas Oilam. And here he's saying that Shema is Avas Oilam. No, he actually explains that there's two elements in Shema. There's that's Avas Oilam. Perhaps Bechal Nafshech as well, even though he doesn't say it clearly here. Bechal Maidecha is Ave So Shema contains both. I'm having trouble to reconcile this with another Maimer. From the Balatanya, Mamari Admur Azokan on Mamari Razal, Shas Zayerutfila, in Pirkeyavis, because in that Mimer he says that Ava that comes without his Bainanus is only Shaykh to a Tzadik Gomor. In Parshas Vayechi, it seems like it's connected to everybody, because Kavate Itum Latayra is a question that we ask every single person, not only a complete Tzadik. He also says here that even when you turn to other matters, you still have a residue of this Ahava. But in the other Maimri, he says that this love is only if you're completely clean from negativity, and here not. So, I have to see that Maimri. I know you sent it to me by email, Reb Daniel, but I have to see the Maimri. It could be over there he's talking about a different element in Ahava I don't know. I have to see the Maimer, but clear in this Maimer that he's talking about every single Jew, every single person has it, and that every single person through their Torah can get more in touch with it. That's that's clear. And even when a person has Ra, this Ava is not destroyed. It could be that Alter Rebbe there is talking about the Ava in a way that is much more consciously expressed and manifested. And over there, of course, if my consciousness is not there, it's going to be eclipsed. But over here he's saying, even when it's eclipsed, it's not gone in any way. It's not compromised in any way. You say, Ani Hashem, Hashem doesn't change. 
Didn't he change his mind many times? We see in Chumash, when our Avos and Imois daven to him and beseech him, he changes his mind about a certain decision he has made. The question of how tefillah changes a person's mind is a very, very deep question. Some of the Rishonim explain that it's not Hashem who changes his mind, it's the person who changes. Meaning, if there's a certain fate that's connected to a person, if the person becomes a new person through davening, so then it's not the same person anymore. So tefillah doesn't change God, it changes the person. That's one perspective. There are other deeper explanations about tefillah. Tefillah is rooted in the place all the decrees are based on a structure, the structure of Mida Keneged Mida, the structure of which God creates this world, physical and spiritual structure, and tefillah is reaching to the essence that transcends structures, and therefore there, the structures don't have the ultimate say and definition. Those are generally uh, two ways of dealing with this. We learned that the flow of the divine energy into us in creation is like the flow of electricity into a lifeless appliance. Can we compare Avas Oilam to the actual flow of physical electricity into the appliances, where Avarabah can be compared to the inexhaustible source of electricity, like the sun, the wind, and other sources of electricity? It's a wonderful comparison. You're saying Avas Oilam is becoming in touch with the electricity that's in your appliance. The electricity that's in your appliance, which is very much relatable to you. And Avarabah is becoming in touch with the source of electricity, which is inexhaustible, and it's the source, like the sun or the wind and the other sources, which is not limited and defined by your existence. I think that's a very, very beautiful, beautiful comparison, at least on one level. I don't think it's a complete metaphor, because, as he says here, we shouldn't use the comparison of a drop of water of the Atlantic Ocean. Electricity that comes out through your appliance is very similar to the source of electricity. It's just harnessed through one drop of water. So that metaphor he actually negates. So that's why I'm not sure that that metaphor is accurate. I think it's a good metaphor that it opens us up to the idea. But really here, it's not just the source of electricity. It's the source of the source of electricity, which is not even defined as a source. How do I understand the idea that there's a basic fundamental principle that anyone in this world and everything in this world is being created constantly. And still there's a level of Averaba that is eternal and perpetual and unchanging. And there's a state of bindness between the creator and the creation. Why and how is it that a sickness can be recreated again and again for years our lives are an ongoing natural process without a break. It is, an, it is a new divine decision every moment anew, no matter of the inner change that took place in the inside world. One is still becoming sick every moment again. Well, I think it's important to emphasize that everything is created again every single moment. But what, what, what's created again and again is not just the ability for sickness. It's the ability for life. It's life that allows for various mutations and various uh, voids and various deficiencies. What's being created every moment, I wouldn't call it sickness. It's the creation of the whole world and all of its mechanisms, which, are, which is a, what allows for life on every single level. Remember that if 
How many things have to go wrong for a person to be ill? Endless. How many things have to go right for a person to be healthy? Endless. The mechanism is beyond magical. It's beyond incredible. So that's being created every single moment. We're also created every single moment with a world that has its lacks and has its voids and has its struggles and has its distortions. So that's that's extremely true. But the Alter Rebbe's point here is that that relationship on the level of Averabba never ever ceases to flow. The Rebbe told your father that it's a new day after a night together, right? You told us a story, the Rebbe said, Anaya Tug. At that time, didn't your father start a new Jewish newspaper, the Algemeiner Journal? Could this have been a pun with a double meaning that it was not only a new day as the dawn was breaking, but also your father was starting a new Tug Morgan Journal? Very good. Can you elaborate a little bit about God's desire to have a place here in the world? He wants to live here with us now, the way we are now with our faults and weaknesses. In the future, when we change and become better, that's when He wants to be with us or now? And why? What will He get out of it? He has everything. How will he benefit? I have some feelings about it, but maybe you can say in words what I'm feeling. Well, tell us what you're feeling, and I'll tell you what I feel about what you're feeling. You can write it in your comment for tomorrow's shir. Okay, my dearest friends, I wish you a beautiful and uplifting day. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.